0: hallelujah 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 thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah I love you Jesus I love you Jesus hallelujah it is so good to be here today and uh, it is a privilege and an honor uh, to stand in this place this morning I love and appreciate the men that sponsor PSR. They have meant uh, a lot to my life. California was one of my most favorite places to preach. when I evangelized for 21 years, and uh, I just appreciate this uh, California area, the churches, the good saints of God that are in this place today. I've enjoyed the word of the Lord thus far, hallelujah, last night was so tremendous, and then this morning was so good, and uh, I'm going to get out of the way in just a little bit. I'm sandwiched between uh, two great, great preachers of the gospel, and uh, so I hope people don't ask where the beef's at today when it's over with. they don't say it's baloney (laughs) but it's good to be here today I came to this conference uh, wanting to be touched by the Lord I need to be touched by God hallelujah and uh, I'm just excited about what the Lord is going to do throughout this this meeting you got your Bibles today the book of Isaiah chapter 62 and beginning with verse 10 Isaiah chapter 62 and verse 10 go through go through the gates prepare ye the way of the people cast up cast up the highway gather out the stones lift up a standard for the people behold the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world say ye to the daughter of Zion behold thy salvation cometh behold his reward is with him and his work before him and they shall call them the holy people the redeemed of the Lord and thou shalt be called sought out a city not forsaken hallelujah I want to have that kind of church and be a part of that kind of people that are called the holy people the redeemed of the Lord a city that is not forsaken a city that is sought out the way this is going to happen the Bible says that there's got to be somebody that prepares the way of the people I believe God is wanting to continue to give great revival in this last hour but there's got to be a way prepared he said i want you to lift up a standard for the people the book of joel chapter 2 and verse 1 joel chapter 2 and verse 1 blow ye the trumpet in zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the lord cometh For it is nigh at hand. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. And then in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 8. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? If the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? And then one last verse in Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 21. How long shall I see the standard and hear the sound? Of the trumpet how long shall I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet I want to preach today from this subject the trumpet and the standard the trumpet and the standard hallelujah God we love you today we thank you for your word that is anointed we pray God today that you would anoint our minds and our hearts to receive the word of the Lord this day I recognize my need of you today, Lord. I realize this morning without you, an eternal God, nothing eternal can happen in this place. Hallelujah. Let your power and your anointing open up every mind, every heart. Hallelujah. Give us dominion over every spirit that would stand against the word of the Lord today. We are believing you today, God, that you're going to speak to the hearts of each and every one of us. Hallelujah in Jesus name. Let's lift our hands one more time and praise him. Hallelujah. We love you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you Jesus. In the name of the Lord, and you may be seated this morning. There should be two foremost desires in the heart of every child of God that is in this building this morning. The first, primary, foremost desire that should be in each and every one of our hearts is to hear the Lord when life is over, clearly say, Welcome in, thou good and thou faithful servant. Uh, That is our first requirement of life, is to save ourself from this untoward generation. I did not get in this church to miss the mark, but I want to tell you I am very sincere and I am very honest about wanting to be saved. I want to be saved. But there is another utmost desire that is in my life and should be in the lives of every person that's in this place. And that is, there needs to be a desire in our heart to see someone else also saved. There's something wrong with us if we're satisfied to just try to save ourselves. Hallelujah. God has given us something too precious to keep to ourselves. And there's a responsibility that lies upon the shoulders of every saint of God to uh, be one that reaches out to those that are around them. Hallelujah. I want to have a church that is having revival, that is reaching the city that we are a part of. I want to preach something today that will help us, I believe, uh, save ourselves and also save those that are around us. We're living in a confused world. We're living in an age where uh, many could join in with Pilate in asking the question, what is truth? What is A generation that does not know the question, much less the answer of life. An untoward, deviant, drifting generation without direction. A generation that stands for nothing and falls for anything. Uh, A world that is much like people in a burning building that have lost their sense of which way to run. They have lost their sense of direction and don't know where to run to the fire escape. If there's anybody in this world that uh, should know where they've been, where they're at and where they're going, it ought to be those that are a part of the apostolic church in this last hour. I believe the devil realizes that the hope of the world is in the church. The devil realizes that the church has got direction. She knows where she's been, she knows where she's at, and she knows where she's going. It is the desire of the devil in this last hour to try to confuse us And to try to make us much like the world, confused and stumbling around and forget our primary purpose in life. And we must maintain our direction as the sun sets in the generation that we are a part of. And hallelujah, I believe that we are the generation that will run with the torch of truth for the last time. Hallelujah, we must maintain our direction. Several years ago, I heard the story of a pilot that had lost his sense of direction, his sense of uh, uh, locale, he began to ask his navigator to pinpoint their location. It seemed that the navigator was somewhat uh, confused also, and uh, he finally said, well, I don't know exactly where we're headed, and, but I can tell you this, we're making good time. There seems to be a lot of preachers and a lot of people that they're not really interested in where they're headed, and they're only interested in making good time. But I want to tell you, friend, we have got to make sure that we're still headed in the same direction. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe that God has put within the church uh, those things that are important to us to to set direction and to make sure that we make heaven our home. I look in the Old Testament and the church in the wilderness was a church that uh, God had put within their economy certain things to maintain direction. A church that numbered in the millions, it was imperative of them to be able to maintain their direction. You can imagine being out in uh, the wilderness uh, and all around you is nothing but a sea of of people. It would have been easier for them to become a milling mass of confusion. And so God put within the Old Testament church. uh, certain things that were to maintain direction. Uh, two different things that God used was the sounding of trumpets and the lifting up of standards. And In Numbers, the second chapter, the Bible says it was by the means of standards that the children of Israel, the different tribes, knew exactly where they were to dwell around the tabernacle. In Numbers chapter 10, the Bible says when the cloud began to move off the uh, valley of uh, sinai that god instructed the people to follow after their standards and when they saw the lifting up of the standard they were to follow after it and also in the same chapter the bible tells us that god instructed moses to make silver trumpets and these silver trumpets were for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camp Hallelujah. God in uh, the Old Testament was using two different means to obtain the same result. He used the trumpet, which was something that could be heard, and He used the standard, which was something that could be seen. God in His wisdom recognized the importance of something to look at and something to listen to. Hallelujah. I can see in the thick of the battle when maybe the noise of the battle would be to such a degree that it would be hard to hear the trumpet. But in confusion, someone could look on a distant hill and see flapping in the wind a standard that had been lifted up, and it would give that individual direction. There may be other times that a man would find himself in some close quarter where visibility was not good. And in a moment of confusion, all of a sudden, and not being able to see what he needed to see, there would be the sound of a trumpet that would pierce through the noise, and it would give him direction on what to do. God recognized the importance of the ministry of the trumpet and the ministry of the standard. I believe that in this last day church, God is still using the trumpet and the standard to keep us on course hallelujah i want to preach to you for a little while on the importance of uh, the trumpet and the scripture said how long shall we hear the sound of the trumpet and moses was commanded to make silver trumpets for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camps and in the old testament there were several different trumpet calls that was instituted different trumpet calls that uh, the children of israel no doubt memorized They knew by the sound of the trumpet, the pitch, uh, the way the trumpet was played, exactly what they were to do. In Exodus, the 19th chapter, the 13th verse, the Bible tells us that uh, when the trumpet was to sound along, it was uh, to let the people know that it was time to gather around the tabernacle. Hallelujah. Moses had a message from God, and the trumpet would sound a long, blasting sound. And what it meant was, hey, it's church time, and it's time to come to the house of the Lord. And we're living in a society of churchgoers that are failing to hear this trumpet call. Hallelujah, there's a lot of people that are failing to recognize the importance of coming to the house of God when it's church time. Hallelujah, I am a part of a family that all five children are in the church, and their companions are in the church. And uh, all the children uh, of these companions in the church, except for for just one. I believe the reason that our family has lived for God and is living for God is because when it came church time, the house that I was raised in, I never had to ask my mother or dad the question, Are we going to the house of the Lord? It was never a question. Hallelujah. There's something wrong in Pentecostal households where every time it's church time, it's a major decision. Whether they're going to go to the house of the Lord or not. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's important to, to be in the house of the Lord and to hear the sound of the trumpet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There was another trumpet call that was a call to battle. And we're living in a society where there's a lot of churches that have little effeminate spirits. and they want to tiptoe through the tulips. And, and They don't want to get down to where the rubber meets the road and have apostolic Holy Ghost revival. And hallelujah. Friend, this is not a picnic area. Hallelujah. This is a battlefield. We've got something worth fighting for. And we've got something worth standing for. And hallelujah. We've got something to preach about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to hear the call to battle in this hour that I'm living in. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I won't go into all the different battle calls or all the different trumpet sounds. but I want to tell you, friend, if we don't hear some of these trumpets, I don't believe we're going to hear the last trumpet. When the trumpet sounds, and the dead in Christ rises first, and we which are alive and remain are caught up with them in the air to be with the Lord. But Numbers, the 10th chapter, the 8th verse, the sons of Aaron, the priests, the Bible says they were to blow the trumpet. And, it's, and God said this is going to be for you, for an ordinance forever and ever. What the Lord was saying is, I'm instituting something in the making of these trumpets that is going to not be something that is passing, but it's going to be something that is going to last down through the centuries. An ordinance forever and forever. You don't have to read the Bible very closely to find out that what the trumpet was in the Old Testament is indicative of what the voice of a preacher is in the New Testament. In fact, before we get out of the Old Testament, the Bible speaks of lifting your voice like a trumpet. Hallelujah! That's what John the Baptist was when he came out of the wilderness. He was a voice of one crying. Hallelujah! He was a trumpet that was being blown to wake up a people and to prepare the way of the Lord. Hallelujah. I still believe in old-fashioned apostolic preaching. Hallelujah. I heard of a fellow a while back that made the statement, he said, I'm not a preacher. He said, I'm an administrator. Now I want to tell you, he's in the wrong business. Hallelujah. I believe preachers need to try to administrate, but friend, that's not the primary call of a preacher. The primary call of a preacher is to preach the word of the Lord. Hallelujah! Joel didn't say go get a degree somewhere and start a counseling service. And he said preach the word of the Lord. And Hallelujah! The problem with a lot of people they have they have failed to believe in preaching. And there's some folks that have lost the faith in apostolic preaching. And Hallelujah! In the short time of two years that I have been pastoring, and I am so amazed at how God and call a preacher in, and how that he can take the Bible, hallelujah, and preach it, and a visiting man of God, and pinpoint situations and problems. I believe more in preaching today than I have ever believed in the preaching of the Word of the Lord hallelujah i believe in the miracle of preaching in the book of ephesians the fourth chapter the bible says god gave gifts unto men and then he spoke of those gifts he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the church for the work of their ministry for the perfecting of the body of christ hallelujah i believe that god's hand in the church is a five-fingered hand Hallelujah. I believe in a fire fold ministry that can have the ability to perfect the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you look at the human hand that God has created, God knew what he was doing when he created this human hand. Heard a message on it one time. God knew the, the number of grabbers to put on the end of this thing for it to work right. Hallelujah. You can imagine these people playing these musical instruments. If they didn't have but one finger on each hand, they'd be limited to chopsticks. But God knew what he was doing when he put five fingers on a, on a human hand. Hallelujah, you take somebody's thumb off and they have a problem holding on to things. They have a problem handling things. Because God knew what he was doing when he put five fingers on a hand. And friend, the reason some churches are in trouble is because the ministry is not operating. People have lost faith in the power of preaching. Hallelujah, I believe that when problems are not being solved in the church, there's one of two things happening. Either a preacher is not preaching or either people are not listening. Hallelujah. I still believe that God can give us answers when he anoints the mind and the heart of a preacher and he can reach out and give people the very word of wisdom, the very word of knowledge that they need to have. Hallelujah. People talking about, well, where's the operation of the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge? Friend, when a man's anointed and preaching, it's in operation and you just got to be a preacher sitting on the platform looking at your congregation to realize that the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and understanding is in operation hallelujah 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 thank you Jesus when people spend a lot of time in the pastor's office a lot of things a lot of the problem is they haven't been listening to the preaching of the word of the Lord you know it's amazing that what you hear in the office doesn't change from what you hear in the pulpit hallelujah (laughs) the advice is always the same the preachers always the same the problem is somebody has not been listening to the preaching of the word of the Lord but I still believe in Holy Ghost apostolic preaching I believe in the ministry of the trumpet the trumpet still works and hallelujah it worked for a man by the name of Joshua when they marched around the walls of Jericho once each time for six days and on the seventh day marched around it seven times Hallelujah. Israel standing there with their tongues hanging out after such a long march, and wondering, what are we going to do now? Hallelujah. Joshua said, somebody grab a trumpet. Somebody lift up your voice and cry out. And the Bible says, when they sounded the trumpet, the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. I believe that preaching can tear walls down. Hallelujah. I believe that preaching can tear the playhouse of the devil down. Hallelujah. I believe that. The Bible tells us it worked for a man by the name of Ehud uh, that stepped into the king's parlor and said, I've got a message from God for you. Uh, And the Bible says he pulled out a sharp uh, two-edged dagger. That's what I'm using today, uh, a two-edged sword, uh, and stuck it in his belly. And the Bible says he turned and walked out uh, and latched the door uh, and went to Mount Ephraim. Uh, And the Bible says he lifted up his trumpet uh, and he started blowing it. Uh, Hallelujah. He blew a trumpet in the midst uh, of of a society and a people that have been in bondage for 18 years to the Moabites you talk about a poor self-image you talk about a loser's mentality but you know what these people needed they needed somebody to sound a trumpet and when the trumpet was sounded it was like adrenaline that started flowing through the veins hallelujah this bunch of people that have been beat down and strapped around hallelujah the Bible says they came to war and that day ten thousand of the great fighters of their enemy was destroyed and there was not one man to escape hallelujah preaching will do the work hallelujah i believe in this hour we need straightforward preaching a mist in the pulpit will produce a fog in the pew hallelujah i believe people still rally to holy ghost apostolic preaching people are not tired of preaching they're just tired of some preaching hallelujah the way some, the only way some preachers could say less is preach longer hallelujah the book of jude uh the 6th chapter and the 34th verse The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord was upon Gideon, and the Bible says he blew the trumpet. Hallelujah, when the Spirit of the Lord is not in a uh, uh, sermon, that's exactly what it is. It's nothing more than a sermon. But when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon a preacher and he sounds the trumpet, it's not a sermon anymore, but it becomes a message. Hallelujah, Isaiah fifty-eight and one. The Bible says, "Cry aloud and spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet." Hallelujah. God help me to preach. God help me to preach. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Somebody said, "Why in the word do you have to preach so loud?" I want to tell you, some things go over better loud. Hallelujah. Some things go over better soft you get next to your wife and you're ready to tell her how much you love her you don't bend over next to her ear and take a deep breath and then scream to the top of your lungs that you love her you know I just want to make sure she heard me some things go over better soft but I want to tell you other things go over better loud hallelujah I'm raising two boys and sometimes it's hard to keep a hand handle on them hallelujah I, I've heard people talk about they never have raised their voice to their children well I don't go around screaming and hollering all day, but sometimes they get their stuff in something. It's time to time to get their attention. Hallelujah. If they're fixing to stick their finger in a lock socket and fly out of their brain. It ain't time for 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 suggestions. Hallelujah. It's time to lift up your voice. Hallelujah. 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 I got a little five year old and he rides his bike all over the place. And you know, we won't live very far from Interstate 85 and I can see him saying, Dad, I'm headed to Interstate 85, going to Atlanta. You know, it ain't no time for me to be saying that. Now, Jordan, now I, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You know, I'm not going to raise my voice. You know, here he is on the entrance ramp, going up, you know, and 18 wheelers flying by, you know, run over him flat as a flitter. It, it ain't time for me to be trying to, you know, give him some gentle suggestions. And and, and some, <laughs> hallelujah. It's time for me to lift up my voice and get that boy's attention. Do you realize we got some people, friend, that's headed to eternity? And when you look out across the congregation, you see a man in the process of making a mistake that's going to affect his wife and going to affect his children. Hallelujah. When you see a family that's making a turnaround that's been headed to heaven and now they're headed to hell. Hallelujah. It ain't no time, friend, to close our mouth. It's time to lift up our voice. It's time for somebody to cry out. Hallelujah. I believe in apostolic preaching. Hallelujah 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 Thank You Jesus Hallelujah We need preaching with spirit Hallelujah we need preaching with fervency Hallelujah God's complaint of Jeremiah's day in Jeremiah 9 and 3. He said they are not valiant for the truth Hallelujah, I'm telling you, we, I wouldn't give you 10 cents for a preacher that cannot get stirred up about something once in a while. The Bible says that when Paul seen how that the people had given themselves to idolatry in Athens, there was something that stirred on the inside of him. Hallelujah, we need Holy Ghost heartburn once in a while. Hallelujah, once in a while we need fire in our eyes. Hallelujah. You can't put live chicks under a dead hen. Hallelujah. The reason why some churches has got penguins in the choir and Eskimos in the pews because they got a polar bear behind the pulpit. Hallelujah. You want to know the temperature of a church? Stick a thermometer in the mouth of the preacher. hallelujah I believe in preaching how important is preaching how important is it to sound the trumpet to sound the alarm it's a matter of salvation it's not a matter of preference hallelujah it's a matter of salvation Ezekiel the third chapter tells us if we don't sound the trumpet not only will those that are not warned perish but we will perish because our voice has been silenced Hallelujah. God gives every preacher responsibility to lift up his voice like a trumpet. Hallelujah. And I believe that God wants the congregation to respond when a preacher lifts up his voice like a trumpet. Hallelujah. God's looking for somebody to say amen. God's looking for somebody to respond to the preacher. Hallelujah. I believe in preaching the word of the Lord. I believe that preaching can make a difference. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But as powerful as I believe that preaching is, as powerful as I believe the standard of the trumpet is, I'm going to say something today that may blow your mind. Of course, it may not be much of an explosion, but... uh, There is something more powerful than the ministry of the trumpet. And that is the ministry of the standard. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a proven fact that people remember more of what they see than what they hear. And it's just a lot of preaching that's forgotten. Just a lot of preaching goes in one ear and out the other. Kind of like slinging mud against a wall. You just hope some of it sticks. Hallelujah. But I want to tell you, it's a lot easier to remember something that you see than to remember something that you hear. And I believe in the importance. pulpit of any local church. It's not the ministry of speaking that's in that pulpit, but the ministry of living that is in that pulpit. Hallelujah. There's some preachers that I have problems listening to them for looking at them. Hallelujah. The ministry of the standard. You know, the Pharisees, they had a good trumpet. Wasn't anything wrong with the trumpet. Jesus never criticized the trumpet of the Pharisees. These people that start trying to tear down holiness and talk about being a Pharisee. Jesus never criticized the trumpet of the Pharisees. In fact, he commended it And he said, you live what they say, but you just don't do what they do. They had a good trumpet, but they didn't have much of a standard. They had a trumpet that they could blow it and make every hair on your head stand on end but they didn't have much of a standard hallelujah to me one of the greatest leaders of the old testament was a man by the name of joshua and the reason he was such a great leader is because he didn't just give the people something to look at but he gave the people something to, to, to or to listen to but he gave them something to look at hallelujah he said as for me and my house we're going to serve the lord he said choose you this day who you're going to serve Hallelujah. You need to make a decision. You need to make a a decision. That was the trumpet. But he said, as for me and my house, Hallelujah, we're going we're to serve the Lord. We're going to be a standard to you. I'm going to serve the Lord. My wife's going to serve the Lord. My children are going to serve the Lord. Everybody in my house is going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah, I'm going to give you something to look at. And that's the reason that Joshua was uh, got the children of Israel across Jordan to the land of Canaan. That's where we're trying to get. Hallelujah, thank God for the power of the standard. Hallelujah. Now, now, how many of you saints believe that preachers ought to live what they preach? I want to get a real good amen at this. I want you to nail it down. Hallelujah! How many of you really believe that a preacher ought to live what he preaches? Yeah. Would you want to follow a man that would tell you to do something and he wouldn't do it? I'm glad you feel that way. Hallelujah! We believe that preachers ought to live what they preach. Hallelujah. But there's a second verse to that. Hallelujah. We believe that saints ought to live what preachers preach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what causes the trumpet to give an uncertain sound? It's when the trumpet is saying one thing and the standard is saying something else. One of the most negative things that can happen to a saint of God is to get under the ministry of a man that preaches one thing and does something else. Because the trumpet and the standard is not harmonizing. And so the trumpet gives an uncertain sound. And one of the saddest things that can happen in a city is to have a trumpet saying one thing in the pulpit, a preacher preaching one thing, and saints of God living something else. Hallelujah! I want to tell you the standard and the trumpet needs to complement each other hallelujah the standard needs to be a reflection of what the trumpet has been saying hallelujah nobody in our world is going to believe our message and hallelujah if the preacher's saying one thing and the saints of god are living something else Hallelujah. When a man of God gets up and preaches uh, about our faith and our belief uh, in one God in Jesus' name, baptism uh, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Uh, hallelujah. And we sit there like a bunch of wooden Indians. Uh, hallelujah. Nobody's going to believe uh, that we believe what we say we believe. Uh, when a preacher gets up and preaches about a beautiful heaven uh, and all the happiness of going there uh, and people sit there uh, and there's not enough Holy Ghost uh, to keep a man alive. Uh, nobody's going to believe uh, in a beautiful. Beautiful heaven. Hallelujah. When a preacher gets up and talks about it, oh, there's happiness in living for God. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And people look so sour. Hallelujah, if they'd stick their head in the barrel of water and turn to lemonade, nobody's going to believe in the joy of the Lord. When a preacher preaches about a red-hot burning hell, and there's not a wet eye in the crowd, nobody's going to believe in a burning hell where lost people are going to go there forever and ever and ever and ever. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, as good and glorious as I think my preaching is sometimes, a lot of times people don't listen much, remember much of what's been preached. I remember a couple that came a while back to our church, and it was on a Sunday morning, and God moved and anointed, and... I just kind of felt like I'd done pretty good for myself, you know. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to compare myself to anybody else, but I compare myself to myself, you know, and I felt like I'd done pretty good for me. And, uh, in fact, after the service, the man would stand there, the woman, tears in their eyes. They said, we're going to come back. This gonna, We, we want to make this our church. We found what we've been looking for. Well, I thought, man, I, hallelujah. Boy, that was some preaching this morning. <laughs> and uh, they did come back. And they got the Holy Ghost, both of them, and... And Lil for God just so happened right after they, they, they came back. We started a revival. And they prayed through in that revival. And we went several weeks in that revival. Brother uh, Cardwell, I believe it was, had a fantastic revival. And uh, after that revival or at the end of the revival, you know, the lady mentioned, you know, it had been about, you well, know, we went nine weeks, I think. And uh, she said, you know, she said, I've never heard you preach. Hallelujah. kind of, you know, <laughs> put a hole in my balloon because as soon as she said that I guess the Lord reminded me you know how I felt boy I tell you that preaching hallelujah I want to tell you people remember a lot more what they see than what they hear and I'm not trying to minimize preaching I've already preached about the power of the trumpet but I'm just telling you the standard is more powerful than the trumpet hallelujah And there are times that the standard is stronger than the trumpet. Hallelujah. There's not really a problem with this. A real problem is when the trumpet is stronger than the standard. When you're preaching something and you're not living up to what you're preaching. But there are times that the the standard is a lot stronger than the trumpet. Hallelujah. And and that's not compromise. You know, some people, they, they want their pastor to get up every time church starts. And they want him to blow the trumpet. Hallelujah. They just want to, to, you know, blow it until every hair's standing straight up, you know. Like one guy said, you know, a preacher, if you don't preach against television the next two or three weeks, you know, it's been a while. So I'm fixing to go out and buy one. Well, hallelujah. You know, we got to, we just got to have, we got to hear it. I'm, Hallelujah. Well there's a lot of times that the standard is a lot stronger than the trumpet. And you don't have to blow the trumpet every time you come to the house of God. Now, now there's times to blow it. And but Jesus didn't blow the trumpet everywhere he went. And there was sometimes all he did was just lift up the standard. And Hallelujah. The Bible says that he passed through Jericho and there was a tax collector that had climbed up in a sycamore tree. And he went under that tree and he told that fellow, he said, come down, I'm going to go to your house today. And, and he went to the house of Zacchaeus. And I don't find one record where Jesus Christ really hardly uh, said anything to that man as far as uh, who he was and, and, and what he had done in his past. And hallelujah. He didn't sit on his fancy sofa there and say, well, uh, I wonder what widow woman you, you, you gypped uh, to get this sofa here. Uh, who'd, you, who'd you rip off to, to get that antique lamp over there? Uh, Jesus didn't say anything. All he did was uh, bring his presence into that house and, and lift up the standard. Uh, and it so got a hold of Zacchaeus uh, that he started confessing his sin and started saying, Hey, I'm going to sell what I have. I'm going to start uh, making restitution. Uh, hallelujah. What was it? It was the power uh, of the standard that was being lifted up. Uh, hallelujah. I want to tell you, we're not going to win the world that is around us, or we're not going to win the the men that we work with on the job, or we're not going to win our neighborhoods by every time we get around them blowing the trumpet. Hallelujah. You don't win somebody by going on the job every day and say, hey, Mac, you smoking that cigarette you're going to go to hell for doing that. There comes a time to give a Bible lesson out and give it to them and sound the trumpet and let them know, hey, man, you got to have this. This is important. But friend, I'm telling you, a lot of times all you need to do is just lift up the standard. Just live a life in front of them. Hallelujah! Give people something to look at. Hallelujah! 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 The real challenge, not so much, is not so much in the sound of the trumpet, but it is in the lifting up of the standard. Hallelujah! It's a lot easier to preach sometimes than it is to live. Hallelujah. Some folks in our church, you know, they they they're going home for the holidays or something, or they're going to go visit their folks. or Their folks are coming in, and and they come to me, and they, you know, they're all stirred up. And uh, you think I need to, you know, you think I need to open up this ball of wax again, you know? My family's coming to visit, and they're not in the church, and uh, you know, I need to tell them, you know, they got to have the Holy Ghost; they're going to be lost. And I ask him, you know, well, have you you talked to him any about what God's done for you in your life? Yeah, we've already been through all of it. I've already told him, you know. And, and you know, sometimes people think that every time they get around the family, they need to blow the trumpet you don't need to blow the trumpet you need to lift up the standard the problem with some folks you know the reason they're not winning the folks to God they ain't got a they ain't got a trumpet problem they got a standard problem Hallelujah! they go one time they're all on fire man they just preach to the whole neighborhood and all the kin folks and uncles and aunts and nephews and and the next time they come they're a little cold in the Lord they, they over there flipping the channel on the TV watching it with their folks hallelujah we don't have a trumpet standard we uh, pr- trumpet problem we got a standard problem hallelujah hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. A large clock in front of a jewelry store stopped at 8.15 a.m., causing children to be late for school, a businessman to miss his plane, and many people to be late for work. It all happened because the clock everyone was watching sent out the wrong message. Hallelujah. It's time for us to send a message to a world that is around us that we have the answer. Of what they need. Hallelujah. I believe with all of my heart that God is wanting our church, where I'm at, and your church too, to literally turn your communities upside down. You know the way we're going to do it? It's not going to be, hallelujah. Preaching's important. But it's not just going to be in sound of the trumpet. It's going to be in everybody lifting up the standard, everybody living what we know, everybody being in position. I said, everybody being in position. Hallelujah. I read uh, just a couple of weeks ago an old writer in the early 1900s and he, he made this statement. He said, he said, I remember the day when we thought that the best way to light up a city was to find some central location and to set up a tower and put a light on it to give light to a city or a village. But he said later on we found out the best way to light a village or community or city is to put street lamps ever so often down every street and the street lamps and the lights that come from windows and open doors of houses is the best way to light a city. That way every back alley, every ever, ever neighborhood is, is lit up by the light of street lamps and by the light of, of every every house, every door open, every window open, every house having a light in it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to tell you that's the way for us to, to reach our world around us. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Paul wrote about, uh, he saluted the church that was in the house of, uh, of uh, I forget the couple's name, but there was four different times that he mentioned uh, them and how that they had a, a church that was in their house, the church that was in the house of Priscilla and Aquila. Hallelujah. First of all, I think it was mentioned in Corinth and then in Ephesus. They even had a little Bible training center in their house, the church that is in your house. And then, then on in Rome, it is mentioned the church that is in the house of Agrippa and Priscilla. Hallelujah. Now, what 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 was the deal? They 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 had a light, they had a standard lifted up. That's the way to reach our communities. Hallelujah. Is is for everybody to be a torchbearer, for everybody to live what the pastor's preaching. Hallelujah. To go down every street and every avenue and every neighborhood. That's the way the light is going to shine over our neighborhood fences and, and into the dark alleys. Hallelujah. It is for everybody to be a light of what a preacher is standing for and what a preacher is preaching. We need to stay in position in this last hour as the sun is setting. The most dangerous time in the revival at Philippi hallelujah, was not when Paul and Silas was cast in prison but I want to tell you it was when the the woman came, the fortune teller and tried to join up with Paul and Silas calling out and saying these are the servants of the Most High God that show forth the, the words of salvation hallelujah, it was the scheme of the devil to try to infiltrate the church and to try to pull Paul and Silas out of position hallelujah, we need to be in position in the hour that we're living in this is no time for, for selling out. This is no time to get out of position. There's some holiness churches that have sold out to the point that Hollywood's having more influence on them than Jerusalem ever had on them. Hallelujah, worldly Christians makes as much sense as a heavenly devil. Hallelujah, we have got to stay in position. We have got the message that the world needs. Hallelujah. I want my standard, hallelujah, to harmonize with the trumpet that I sound. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody is looking at each and every one of us. I read a statement just the other day that said that the most, said it is estimated that a common person in in their lifetime will influence over 100,000 people. Just passing through lives and touching people. I want to tell you, we've got a responsibility. Somebody's looking at us. The Bible says, make straight paths for your feet, lest they that are crippled or pulled out of the way or turned out of the way. There's a crippled world that's following us. There's a world that's looking for hope. There's a world that's looking for answers. Sometimes when we're right at the point of leading somebody to the Lord, there's an inconsistency that shows up in our life. People take the liberty of turning out of the path, finding some little picnic area somewhere to do their own thing, and then they get back on path and they head on to glory. But those that are crippled, that are following, are pulled out of the way, and they never make it back. Never make it back on the path. Our most powerful tool is not in what the world's hearing us say, but it's in what the world is seeing us do. Our most powerful testimony is the changed life that God's given every one of us through the power of the Holy Ghost. God wants to make every saint of God a flaming light in a dark world that's perishing I want my church to be a sought out place we don't have the the facilities we don't have the the money we don't have the manpower of a lot of churches in our city we got a we got a Baptist church in our our city that's that's building a 7 million dollar auditorium now and uh, another church it's got a fine fine church they're fixing the bill though huge edifice some guy got in a horrible wreck and it's going to inherit i think about 29 million dollars and dump a bunch of it in this church's lap my I, I i said god why here we're the real church preaching the truth and i said lord why don't you just curse that thing if it's not right why, why God said the best, the best way to put the false out of business is to be the real. I'm not interested in going over and cursing tearing that all up. That's just to leave that alone. But if you and your people will start living. You know, I can't, I can't build a church on my preaching, my personality. <clears throat> but if something could get a hold of every person in my church... Where they would walk through the city, being a light, being a standard. People's not looking for church Hollywood style, they're looking for real people. They're looking for genuine people. They're looking for somebody that lives what they preach. Hallelujah. I want to lift up a standard. I'm going to keep on sounding the trumpet. Oh God, I believe in preaching. Jesus knew how to sound the trumpet. He knew how to look at the scribes and the Pharisees and tell them you're a bunch of hypocrites. But I want to tell you, he also knew how to, to lift up the standard. He was the role model. John the Baptist came and he was the trumpet. He was the voice. When Jesus came on the scene, he was the standard. We're supposed to be representatives of Jesus. I want to give the world something to look at. I don't want to preach about a burning hell without tears rolling down my cheeks. I want to let people know I love them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus.
1: anointing all on me